well, she lived in town, she was coming over for lunch, and so we were all there on the patio, and it was an officer letting us know that, like, my mom had passed away. Hello, everybody. Welcome to How to Grieve, a podcast all about grief and grieving. In this week's episode, you'll listen to my friend Hannah. Um, We actually went to school together and just, I knew of her. And I don't think that she knew who I was because I was pretty quiet in high school and middle school. But um, we grew up in the same town and um, I am so happy that I got the chance to have this conversation with her. There's so many times that you have people in your life that you kind of know of um, and then you just stop hearing about them you don't know anything about them you have no idea how their lives turned out and Hannah has come full circle which she'll talk about in this episode and she has such a beautiful life that she's created um, she's the CEO of Wetfoots which is a hydroponics business. So she sends out kits to teach you how to grow your own food, which is so cool. I always kill my herbs and veggies, so I will definitely be purchasing from her, which I guess you guys didn't need to know. It's This is not a grab at attention to, to say how good I am. Um, it's just to say that she's created something that hopefully will help me not fail because <laughs> I love plants. But yeah, I, I hope that you all enjoy this conversation that I have with her and again if you guys like this episode if you guys feel connected to her story in some way i hope that you will go on apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review that you'll reach out to us you will talk to her and you'll follow wetfoots on instagram and without what's the phrase <laughs> without any further delay i can't think of what the phrase is DM us. Let us know what the phrase is. Let's get into it. <laughs> Very uh, slow. It's like 8.30 over here, 8.45. Mm, okay. So we just walked our dog and Kyle just left for the day and it's just getting started. Awesome. Cool. Now, you know, I know Kyle. I know yes. Kyle. Did he tell you that? Yes. Okay, I should have been yes. nicer to him in the past, but I was a jerk. And so <laughs> I always try to apologize to people that knew me then because, well, I mean, part of my story is, you know, here I am. And that's, yeah, I have a story behind why I'm a jerk. You know what I mean? Because now <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. Like, I'm not a jerk anymore. And Kyle's a really nice guy. He's a really nice and guy. So I'm really happy for you guys. And are you guys already married? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, did you get married already? Awesome. Well, yeah. congratulations to you. Thank so. you. Thank you. I've been married for seven years. So (gasps) it's something. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I got married when I was 18 and I got pregnant my senior year. So yeah. Yeah. So now we have two. Yeah. Yep. So that was, that's me. I had to write out a timeline of my life (laughs) because it's so I'm and my God, I'm, as I'm thinking about, you know, coming on in the podcast and whatnot, and I'm like, dang, grieving is everywhere in my life, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the way of coping and all of the, you know, extra emotions and the, the hard times and all of those things, you can relate it back to losing someone that you love or, you know, losing anything in your life because grieving isn't just about death. You know, you can grieve a relationship, you can, um, you know, grieve an animal, you can, you know, grieve a, grieve a place. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's been nice to, to reflect back, um, 
So I guess, I don't know, I guess I should start somewhere along yeah, the lines so, of the beginning. Okay. Because I've got so, like nine years under here. Yes. So. I'm going to um, tell the world that I was very quiet in high school mm-hmm. and middle school. We went to both together, I think. Okay. And um, I think I took photography with you, with Mr. Oh, okay. Freshman year. Okay. My freshman year? Or did you? What year did you graduate? Um, 2014. Okay. So we were in the same class. Okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, I remember I that wanna... photography class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, he kind of was like, like Mr. Didn't care about us. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That was like the free period that yes. we all got to just hang out. Yeah. Yes. And he was a great yeah. art teacher, but he was just like, ugh, this photography, digital photography class. I don't want to teach this one. So we literally didn't do anything most of the time. Or, or he would just like let us like leave and like go take pictures, but like half the class wouldn't come back. Pretty- yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't want to be an asshole about this, but uh, you were someone that I knew of. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everyone knew who you were. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. I know who it's I not was. for good reason. Yes. And I know it's not for, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like I said, I was a jerk, you know, and yeah. friends with jerks. That's just I didn't it. think and you were a jerk. I thought you were nice. Well, you were at least nice to me. <laughs> oh, well, I, I do try to be, but you know, some people, some people don't like nice people, you know? <laughs> That's yes, that's very true. Some people are bullies to nice people, but absolutely. Um, yeah. So I knew of you, and I knew that your mom had passed, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know very much else. I knew through church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your sister is actually the reason why I went on the world race because mm. I found out she told about me that. through her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she, yeah, we actually went out together once. Yeah, to coffee. Mm-hmm. She like told That's me about awesome. her experience. Yeah. She's an awesome person. Yes. Yes. Very kind. Um, Great girl, my sister. Yes. Yes. I understand. I have I have an older sister. So yeah. she's also the salt of the earth. So everyone, I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, you're my sister. I'm like, yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so take us through... I guess from the beginning, right? So okay, so we can actually start. We can actually start at photography class. Okay, Okay, let's. let's Okay, we can start there because my I was at Seminole until my mom passed away, Mm. Um, or no, until so I was at Seminole and we were, you know, I was going through teenage years, you know, partying and stuff like that. Not, not going down the right path, even though I have the outlets too. Um, and so let's see, that was freshman year. So my, so my mom has always, she always struggled with addiction. Um, and that being prescriptions, you know, opioids of being a functional mom addict. Um, and what that looks like is not, what you picture, you know, we lived in an, in a great home, a great neighborhood, you know, I've got awesome community, great family, but alcoholism runs in my family. And, you know, my mom had anxiety and depression. So she gets prescribed these pills and then 
all of a sudden that turns into, oh, well, if I have a glass of wine with it, then it makes me feel like, ah, like just like someone smoking a joint for themselves at the end of the day, you know, that's what that looked like. And, um, as a teenager and and it, it started to go into something different. So, you know, obviously you start using more and, um, neglect responsibilities. And as a teenager, I took advantage of that. You know, I started to get into drugs myself and do whatever I want because I knew that I could get away with it. And at this time, I think my sister had already left to college. So it's not like I had my big sister there to, you know, pay attention. Pay, yeah, pay attention when mom wasn't. And it's interesting because my sister always caught me, <laughs> you know, doing bad stuff like more than my mom did. And she'd be like, go and tell on me. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Attention to me. So, um, so then when things got bad, my, um, my mom thought that it would be, well, it was a great idea for me to move down to Vero beach where my grandmother and my aunt and uncle live. And they're just awesome people. They're my godparents in general. And so, um, I went, so that's when I left Seminole things just, you know, it was, it was too toxic for me to live with my mother and for my mother to live with me. I was just, it wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the goal was for both of us to get better. So that's, let me, so that's fall, fall of 2011. And so fall of 2011, I'm living in Vero. I'm going through high school there. And my first experience with death and grief was on Christmas 2011. And it was my grandmother's husband who I was really, really close to. He passed away from pneumonia. And so this is my mother's mom's soulmate. Okay. And we're all devastated about this. We loved grandpa Mike, you know, super sad. You know, he was older. And so I kind of just, it under, I understood, you know, he is older. It kind of, it was like, okay, you know, that was just kind of the time to go. Um, And then two months later in February, we get a knock at, I'll never forget. Oh gosh. We're having pub subs at my aunt's house and we get a knock on the door and it's an officer. And I had gotten into some trouble when I was back at home. And so I was afraid. So I like went to the bathroom and just kind of like hid out until like, and then my uncle like knocked on the door and he's like, Hey, like you need to come out here whenever you can. And my grandma had just gotten there as well. She lived in town. She was coming over for lunch. And so we were all there on the patio and it was an officer letting us know that like my mom had passed away. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there was a lot of grief that went over my family. It wasn't, you know, it was completely unexpected while still being something that's been expected. You know, um, I remember years before that, you know, knowing that my mom was, you know, high or whatever and going to sleep and praying, you know, I I know that this is making me stronger, you know, this is stronger for, you know, what is the strength for? Um, and, being like, you know, am I going to be worried that we're going to wake up tomorrow when my mom's not going to be here? And eventually that became the reality and it was nuts. You know, I mean, 15 years old and you're already trying to like get your life under grips for yourself. And then boom, this bombshell, your mom, this amazing, so silly, so funny, like, 
my sister and I's hearts are completely molded by her and her heart and her love for people like total hippie, just demons, you know, everybody has their demons inside of them. And it's like, she coped with them differently and it, it took her life, you know, and that's, I think I'm, I, I'm really not alone with losing parents to addiction. And, um, one of the things that called me was called me onto the show was that, is that, you know, so how many parents are, are dying from opioids, you know, the simply the stuff that they're legally allowed to take supposed to be taking, you know, in, in regular households, you know, and they're just gone and addiction stole my future with my mom. You know, I have no future now with her. You know, we went through teen years where we'd fight, but we were best friends. You know, I always understood her because I was just the black sheep of the family. So it's like, yeah. I couldn't judge anybody in my family. It was like, I know that you have demons. And like, I would always feel like, cause I, 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 um, it's, it's one of those things where I'd be like, mom, just, just smoke a joint. Like it's better <laughs> for you. Like it's. <laughs> It's an herb. Like you can, it's not going to do this to you. And she's just like, no. And it's like, that's not a conversation I should have been having with my mom. Yeah. As a teenager. Yeah. So, of you know, and it's like the way that I coped with it was just to go down that alley of party. And, you know, once she died, it was like my whole family, you know, came in and they're so worried, of course, about me because I'm the black sheep. So they know that I'm going to spiral. And so then, of course, they they're like, you know, push me down even more. And I'm like, like, get these chains off me. I need to go. I need to be away from this. Like, I need to. How do I deal with this? Uh, Like, nobody told me how to deal with it. Nobody took me to therapy. I mean, and then my house is sold and then I move in with my dad and my dad lives in Osteen and I got in trouble over the summer and he was like, nope, you're not going back to Seminole. You know, you'll, uh, I was going to drive you to Seminole so that you could be with your friends, but now you're getting into trouble again. And I don't even want you around those people. So I went to school over in uh, Deltona at Pine Ridge and still no therapy, nothing like that, you know my grief was just ignored basically, because how do you deal with it? You know, um, you're angry at God and angry at the world and awful, you know? Do you feel like you had the language for yourself, but didn't know what to do with it? Or do you feel like you were in a fog at that point? I feel like even if healing was presented to me, I wasn't ready to take that seriously. Mm. Does that make sense? Um, I was so immature that it was one of those things where it's like, as long as I have this pain, I have a reason to act out. As long as I have this pain, I have a reason to use, Mm. you know, I have a reason to drink. I have a reason to, you know, go to all these men or whatever, searching for love and, you know, and just, brokenness and you know at the same time looking so happy and looking so confident but so shattered and broken inside Mm -hmm. so um it wasn't until these last couple of years that I actually started to seek real answers and real truth and real healing and um and I think that just came with the fact that I was ready and mature to you know take that on um 
it didn't help that I was already just like as a teenager, I was already, you know, into the scene of, of using for my hurt. Cause I was already hurting before I lost my mom. You know, it was addiction was already in our family. My sister was already gone, which isn't her fault. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and so I just did what I saw, which was to cope with alcohol and drugs. Um, I had church. I had beautiful people surrounding me, you know, um, and I could have chose that. Um, but it's just, it's so true, you know, especially in this world, it's so much easier mm-hmm. to just ignore what's good and just go with what's bad and feels good. So. Yeah. That was my experience as a teenager. So, yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost like, I don't, I, I will disagree with you for a second and we can explore this. I think it's easier to, maybe I'm not disagreeing. It's harder to actually heal. Mm. It's harder to heal than it is to self-medicate and um Mm -hmm. so like yeah you were surrounded with all of these good things but that would have been harder Mm because you would have had to face yourself right right so tell us a little bit about what depression looked like for you before um so really I wouldn't it's weird because I don't, I don't, um, label anything in my past as depression. Cause I've never been okay. that really depressed type. I mean, maybe some seasonal depression here and there, but that's come more on now that I'm a mother and a wife, you know, now that I'm an adult, there's a lot of other worldly things that you worry about that, you know, can do that. Um, now that I'm facing myself, there's more depression that's actually present, um, that I could wean in on and and hone in on, but I just am not that kind of person because I spent so much time numbing whatever pain it was that I felt. So I don't think that I could even like thinking back and looking back, I'm sure that there was a lot of depression there. I just never wanted to look at it. Um, I've always felt more anxiety in life more than anything. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more of a like high functioning. I will fill my entire day with things, type of anxiety, um, and then crash. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes. So, um, and that's, and that's part of, you know, how like my anxiety runs my family. So Mm -hmm. that's where my mother's addiction even came from was anxiety medication. And, um, so for myself, I would never, I have never taken medication for myself, like that sort of thing, because Mm -hmm. of what I've been through you know? Um, so that's just that. And I've always been the type to, you know, self-medicate with marijuana or whatever. And it's one of those things we're growing up and then becoming an adult and, um, going through life and whatnot. It's like, okay, what can I do other than use something, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I actually, I just went to therapy in, I have my, let me look more time. <laughs> I went to therapy in, um, summer of last year. So I like just started to kind of focus on that and I didn't even get a chance to 
start doing therapy for grief because there was so much going on in my marriage at the time that that's what I focused on. And um, I was pregnant with our daughter at the time too. So it was just like a, a matter of making sure that I'm getting what I need, you know, time. Right. Um, so, um, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I want to like look back and, and as, as a teenager, as a kid, you know, all the way up until it's probably like 21, 22, I'm 25 now, um, just highly emotional on specific dates, like my mom's birthday, the death, you know, date of the death and, you know, hard, hard times, whether it's with family or friends or my husband or children and, um, just being super highly emotional, not even able to function. And now, now it looks different. And it's, there's been a turning point in my grieving and, um, and it happened just recently within these last couple of years. Um, so in 2019, I started like my emotions kind of started to regulate and, you know, I was just going with the flow. Things are going good in our life, you know, feeling blessings everywhere. And then, um, that summer we kind of had like a marital uproar, um, mm-hmm. where it was just a really hard time. and um, and then eventually, you know, just kind of getting over that, we started, I've always wanted a second child and my husband didn't want to give me a second child. So mm-hmm. one of, that was one of the things that we like, we're like, all right, let's try to have a baby, you know? Mm-hmm. So we tried for eight months to have my daughter, which is interesting because like we got pregnant when I was a teenager, just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's how it goes. We did not try this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, okay, now we're adults. We own our home. We have a whole room that we can have our daughter's nursery, you know, we're healthy for a girl, got our boy. And um, so we try and try. And then in December, we just go through some more rough stuff. And it's, you know, a matter of not healing. I mean, my husband's never received therapy for his stuff either. So, you know, trying to heal in a, in a manner of like not not reaching out to your resources because you're so stubborn and it's I'll do it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um what we went through in December led us right to the Lord. Um we started reading books like crazy, you know, and it was a matter of hey, we're gonna fix this marriage or we're not going to have this marriage. And when it reached that point, we really started to dive deep into um you know, all of our resources that we could of, you know, books, five love languages, the love dare, um, you know, so many others. And, um, once that happened, um, I got pregnant, mm. like right after we made the switch to take, you know, our change seriously and our healing seriously. Um, I got pregnant and the date about it. Okay. So Let's talk dates. So I get pregnant in January and I call my OB and I'm like, Hey, I'm pregnant. And they're like, okay, well, we will see you on what we think is your eight weeks. And they're like, it's February 18th. You know, that would be the day. Are you okay to come in for an appointment that day? I'm like, day my mom died. Mm. I'll be there. 
I always have off of work that year because I just always, I never know if I'll be highly emotional or not. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be off of work that day. So I'll, I can, I can go there. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Like I didn't ask for that appointment. You know, they mm-hmm. just said this at the time, whatever. And then, so we go, everything's good. And um, they're like, okay, well, it looks like your due date is going to be September 30th. And I'm like, hmm, that's my mom's birthday. Okay. <sighs> Yeah. So due dates, mom's birthday. Okay. Um, I go into therapy that year, you know, I, um, get through a lot of healing, a lot more books, a lot more journaling, you know, a lot more healthy coping skills. I learn a huge list of coping mechanisms. I'm able to share it with my husband and share it with my family and practice those and, um, use those as examples in my life. And, um, and then in, in the summer of 2020, I had a really weird dream. Okay. My mom would show up in my dreams every now and then, you know, sometimes it would be like a traumatic thing, like where, you know, maybe it was a past experience where, you know, she was doing something and I was angry, upset, or it would be like, you know, she's just at a party, an event that I'm there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, mom, you're here. Um, but this one was different. So I have to explain this because it's just insane. Um, I had a dream that my mom was in my house and I'm in the kitchen and she's in the living room and she's holding my new baby because I'm pregnant at this time. So my, my brain knows, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're pregnant, your brain just gives these vivid dreams. I don't know if you've ever heard that from anyone else before, but like for me, insane, like insane dreams. So I walk into the living room, my mom's holding the baby. I'm like, okay, great. You know, walk back into the kitchen. And then I hear just somebody fall. Okay. And that just, and I run in and I'm like, God, my mom fell to the floor, dead, my baby gone. Okay. Awful. Awful. Right. Yes. So I wake up and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. What was that? Well, time goes by. This just sticks in my brain. And then my, my husband's cousin comes over. I've never met her before. Mm-hmm. She comes over to our house and she is a type of like medium. Okay. And, um, I wasn't even here whenever she got here. My mother-in-law was watching the house while we were out of town. And, um, but she walks in before she even walks into my house, she is drawn back at the door and overcome with tears. And she walks in and she's like very weary about like even being there. Cause she knows that some, something's up, like there's a real big presence. And then my mother-in-law is like, yeah, you know, showing her my family wall. And she's like, yeah, you know, just, you know, hey, you blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's her mom. And I, um, my cousin-in-law, Jamie, is like, oh, my gosh, did she pass away? And mm-hmm. Jamie's like, well, yeah, you know, almost 10 years ago. Jamie's like, oh, my gosh, like, I, she's here, like, she's here, like, it's, and I'm not even there. You know, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. even here for her to know, like, any of this stuff, just like, boom this lady, whatever. So I come, we've come home and Jane's still here. And, um, and she tells me this and she's like, you know, it, it seems like she's just ready to go. You know, the spirit that I'm feeling, she, you know, she's just ready to go. And, um, you know, are you okay with her going? And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she's already, and she's like, no, like she's crossing over into where she's supposed to go. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, 
I guess. And then she tells me that I'm like overcome with emotion because like who wouldn't be? And then yeah, right. And then I tell her about my dream. And she's like, she's like, oh my gosh. Hannah, I and I tell her about the dates of my daughter mm-hmm. and when she's supposed to be born, she's like, Hey, she's gonna reincarnate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because at her funeral, I stood up in front of an entire Episcopalian congregation and I said, I know that you guys don't believe in this, but my mom did, and she's gonna come back and she's gonna be reincarnated. Mm. I said that when I was 15 at her funeral. And so I'm like, okay, all right. I'm like, okay, don't get, don't get scared <laughs> for this. Like, you know, this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. demons, you know, no, like this isn't right. You know, whatever, you know, just trying to make like sense of this because like, it's just crazy. And, um, so my daughter was born on my mother's birthday mm-hmm. and right in the middle of the day. And she's perfect. She's angel. Um, and I had, it's been over a year and a half. And I haven't had a dream of my mom since. Wow. And I used to have them regularly. Wow. So it's like so powerful in my life that my daughter is a literal freaking angel. Like the timing, the, you know, like we weren't supposed to get pregnant during those eight months. That's Mm -hmm. why, you know, Mm -hmm. that's why we went through what we went through all that time. You know, those things had to happen. It's part of the story. It's part of the reason. And um, all of these things just had to happen. And so it's just been, it's just been weird because that's been our, my turning point is mm-hmm. like, I don't have to grieve now because I have her with, with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, well, she was with you the whole time. It seems like, right? Yeah. Honestly, I'm fascinated by these things. Like, there are some people that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Hannah, like, okay, mm-hmm. like, sure. Yeah. But, like, yeah. for me, I mm-hmm. love it. I love yeah. when people tell me that, like, whoever it is is watching out for them. I actually had a dream um, when I want to say it was like Christmas a couple years ago around mm-hmm. that time. But uh, Kyle's grandfather has passed away. Mm-hmm. And I actually never met him. Even though we've known each other 15 years, I just like never met his grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had met his grandmother and um, I actually inherited her ring. So my wedding gift mm-hmm. was hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never met his grandfather. And I had a dream that I was introduced to him. And he was like, oh, nice to meet you. Like, he was just, like, so hmm. and accepting. And I mm-hmm. told his mom about that. And she was like, oh, my gosh, thank you for telling me. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. like, such wow. a beautiful thing. So yeah. I, like, I love it. Because it's not, it's not something that you, I, well, I guess some people hear about it all the time. I do. But, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's not something that um, is common, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's like so many people probably have those experiences and you just never hear about it because people don't take it seriously or like, you know, pay attention to it or give you, give it the value that, you know, it deserves. So, yes. And it just, it deserves it. Like that's so incredible. Like that realization that all those dreams weren't just dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were her talking to you in some way. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely been interesting. And it's also been like sad because now I'm not seeing my mom in my dreams, you know? And it's like, that was a place where like, I got to like kind of hear her voice again and that sort of stuff. Like I don't have a lot of videos um, of her and uh, a lot of pictures and whatnot, but just not a lot of videos. And it's like, you forget. I I heard a video or I listened to a video that I took of her like a a year, a few months ago, whatever. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, that voice, you know? And it's like those things that you just like, don't, don't think about, you know, you can see pictures all day long, but then it's like the voice and it's like, or like my sister had this box from my mom's house and she kept it closed and it's this little bird box. And, um, she kept it closed and would only open it to smell it because mm-hmm. it smelled like my mom. And I've, I've smelled it so many times and I'm like, let me take this home. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm that way with Teddy. Yeah. I have a blanket from her mm-hmm. in the house that I kept in a box mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted it to smell like her and mm-hmm. we used it as our, um, unity ceremony at our wedding. So um, like we felt it and could like smell her. Like around us, which is really cool. That's Um, sweet. Yeah. I wanted to ask you what Mm. your favorite memory of her is. Oh my gosh. Um, we went to an eighties concert together. What's her name? Cheers. Um, Ann Ann Novotny. Or Ann Hardy. I don't know. Annie. Ann. (laughs) Ann. Yeah. So my my daughter's name is Elizabeth Ann. And we often, and like, we'll find ourselves like sometimes wanting to call her Anne and whatnot. And my, my family loves it. You know, the whole, it's funny. Cause like some people in my family probably think it's rubbish, but the rest of most everybody thinks like she's an, a literal angel. So, <laughs> but anyways, with, with my mom's, um, with my mom, my favorite memory with her, we went to, um, to see tears, tears for fears in Orlando. And it was the best time. I think I was 14 years old and I was so excited to be there with her. Like she just, she was like a rock star type and just loved music, like eighties music. That's what I listen to when I miss her. When I'm like, when I hear Phil Collins on the radio, I'm like, everybody just be quiet. Like (laughs) this all needs a moment. Um, and yeah, so, so that's my favorite memory. We just rocked out and you know, it was just a good, wholesome, wholesome time. So yeah, that's my, that's the top, that's the top one for sure. So, yeah. yeah. So you, she was a hippie. And very What's loving. That? You said that she was a hippie earlier. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, what hip, was it? Hippie slash rock star. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like to be her daughter? Just. Mm, so it was very much like, uh, like being, connected to the world, um, with, through love, you know? Um, so very, you know, a tree hugger and it's saints, you know, getting annoyed that she wanted to stop. (laughs) Okay. This one, my, my friend will remember this. Um, we went to the beach and my mom was taking us to the beach down 415. We're going to new Smyrna and she sees like, there's a little, there's a little farm 
on 415. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I got to stop. I got to stop and see what they have for fresh produce. And I'm like, mom, can we just get to the beach? Like you already took the long way, you know, going back mm-hmm. these down roads, you know, know it all me. Um, and she's <laughs> like, she's like, just let me look, just let me look, just let me stop and look. And I'm like, oh, fine. Well, we're not getting out of the car. <laughs> she gets out of the car. And I'm just like, oh, annoyed. And she comes back <laughs> right away, opens the door. She's like, yeah, it's just dirt. We're just- <laughs> uh, it's just so funny, you know, just like silly stuff like that. Um, she's just known for and just she never judged anybody you know we I've never been racist towards anybody I've never been hateful I've never been a hateful kind of person um I've only ever wanted to give love and get loved and um and make sure that that just you know keeps spreading and so that's something that she you know and and I know that I know love because she expressed so much love to us as daughters, you know, Valentine's day. That was one of the last text messages I got from her because she died February 18th. And she texted me February um, 14th and said, you know, you'll always be my sweet girl. You know, you're my best friend and, you know, always making sure that we're, that we're loved and, um, you know, the best that she could, we didn't have a lot of money or anything. So she would just get us what she could. And it was always just, sweet and kind and, you know, silly and a lot of dance parties to 80s music. And, you know, she'd try to sing and we'd go, oh, <laughs> she just did not sing, but she didn't care. You know, she just was living and, um, and just so, so bright. Her smile was just awesome. You know, it's just one of those, one of those people that, didn't think that she impacted so many people, but yet the entire church and congregation was full of people that loved her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she didn't even, she didn't even know it. Um, how many people she, she touched truly. So, and it's, it stinks because like my husband doesn't know her. None of my friends really know her and the friends that I do have that know her. I have such a unique relationship with them because they know part of me that nobody else really can understand without knowing my mom. Yeah. And, um, so I, I value those, those things in life and those connections. And, um, yeah, she, she was an amazing, loving woman for sure. Were there, was there anything that you learned about her after she passed? Hmm. There has to be. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know. I mean, I learned more about, um, things that she went through. Like, um, when she was pregnant with me, she was epileptic and she had her first seizure. She had her first seizure when she was pregnant with me. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about what happened inside of my parents' marriage. They divorced when I was two. So of course, you know, I'm with talking with my dad, you know, it's, Oh, clarify what happened there, you know? And then, um, you know, with having children, it's like, okay, well, how were her pregnancies? Just like generic stuff like that. Like nothing, 
nothing mind blowing or that sort of thing. Cause like I knew my mom really well. Like my mom and I were close. That's why we fought so much, <laughs> you know? And, um, but we really, you know, we were really close and I understood her and she always was sharing past life and things that she's done. And we've always had pictures and memories and, um, we've spent, we spend a lot of time with family. And so, you know, as most families, you sit around and just kind of talk about old times. So I'm really informed with, you know, what kind of upbringing my mom had. And, um, and it's interesting because the more, the more that I've learned about her upbringing and about how the way that her parents raised her, the more I understood her demons Mm -hmm. and the more I understood why anxiety and, you know, um, insecurities, um, about our worth as women and men, um, you know, with trusting men and all of these different things, it's almost like, it's not, it's, it's a hereditary without actually being hereditary, you know, because it's just one broken woman passing it on to another broken woman, passing it on to another broken woman. And it takes women to say, no, that's not how my girls are going to be raised, you know? Um, so a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, my family has not had a very good record with staying married. (laughs) Um, myself, my sister and my aunt and uncle are the only couples in my entire family, which I have a big family. Um, we're the only couples that have stayed married. Everybody else has been remarried, um, divorced, and it's been like multiple times, um, for most people. And so what that looks like is single women raising daughters, because up until I had my, up until I had my sons, my sister had her sons, it was really all just girls. Um, and so it was, you know, single women raising women. And, um, so you gain a certain, like a certain sense about yourself of, I don't need no man. And you know, I, I've got this, but also I need a man because I don't feel worthy enough without a man, you know? Um, but it's, so it's just interesting. And I, and it, it looks, it looks a lot like insecurity and low self-confidence. Um, so, and you know, my mother was told that she was ugly as a child you know, her, her younger sister outshined her as far as, you know, achievements in her parents' minds. She's told she's stupid and she believed it. And so all her life, she went about trying to just get that thought out of her head and that thought proven wrong of, I'm not stupid, you know, so I'm going to go to school. And so she would, gosh, she went to school so many years trying to do nursing school and then dental hygiene school. And, um, she got her friggin' dog train, animal trainer, dog trainer certificate, which was the best thing ever for her. I love that. Love that for her. (laughs) Um, we, we always had dogs, but, and she finally, a couple months before she passed, she finally got her AA and it was a very proud moment for her. And that's something that her addiction kept her from, you know, was achieving her true limits of what she could achieve inside of academically. And I think that if she would have been able to focus on those things better, that her confidence would have been better. You know, um, I think that if she took the time to, to make girlfriends and not feel as though she's being judged, not get insecure about, Oh, these women have more things than me, you know, then she wouldn't have to find boyfriends. 
you, you see what I'm saying? So there's a direct line between insecurity and self-doubt because then it, then it creates the results of insecure of an insecure woman and someone that's doubting themselves. Um, that's one of the demons that I've been fighting is the doubt that I can actually achieve things. Um, I have a business it's, uh, called wet foots hydroponic kits and, um, I'm, it's a startup, so I'm just constantly working towards it and it gets so overwhelming and I want to quit constantly. I want to quit all the time and it's just self-doubt and it's the, and it comes from an internal root fact that I'm not worthy of the things that I want to achieve. And, you know, and that's, and that's something that I'm going to change. That's something that my daughter is going to learn that you don't quit because it gets hard. You, you keep going because it is hard. So. Yeah. It, it does two things. <laughs> mm-hmm. One, um, I completely understand that like starting and stopping and mm-hmm. trying things over, even though I don't necessarily, um, uh, relate to the addiction portion. I mm-hmm. do relate to trying your best to do something and your brain not letting you. Mm-hmm. And like, going through, I personally have gone through like bouts of depression. So it took me six years to get my degree and all mm-hmm. my friends like freaking had their master's two years after mm-hmm. graduation. And I'm over right, here, like, right. still like crying through my finals every year. But, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to say that like, it's so beautiful that it, it took so much strength for her to do that. to like mm-hmm. get that degree. Yeah. No, um, like we wish circumstances would have been better for her, right? Like we, we want her to have had that yeah. some confidence, but I do, I want to say that, that that took a lot of strength. Yeah. I see that. Um, and two, I didn't know that was you. And I started following that account and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to buy one because I kill all my plants. Um, not all my plants. Okay. So I have this like thing where I kill all my like edible plants. Like, mm. All of vegetables. my herbs, yes, mm-hmm. all of my herbs, all of my vegetables die. We have one tomato plant that's going strong, but there it's had like eight tomatoes all season. Mm. And it's so dry here that if you like forget one weekend of watering, it's like half the plant is dry. Yeah. Um, so I might be looking into the hydroponics because it makes sense here in Colorado, which is where things uh, water. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Um, my So my family... Um, my dad has been a farmer for my whole, like, what, 20 something years. I don't know. My mom and him used to grow tomatoes hydroponically and, you know, in the dirt and everything whenever my sister, before my sister was born. So it's like 30 years ago now. And, um, my dad did a little bit, a small scale of hydroponic lettuce growing back in the 2000s and then just brought it down to like even smaller scale in these buckets and, um, you know, 25 gallon half drums and that sort of thing. And, um, just giving them out to family and local restaurants to grow their own herbs. And a couple of years ago, I was like, dad, like we could bring these to the people. Hello. Like, this is great. Yeah. This can sit on somebody's balcony, all of that. So 
during this time, my aunt has been, um, she's a big travel girl. So she lived in Nevada for a long time. Well, she grew these kits throughout all the seasons in Nevada and had harvest throughout all the seasons in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then went up to Ohio this summer, had harvests up there in Ohio. Um, my dad's going down to Honduras on went tomorrow and he's going to bring kits down there. So we're going to be growing kits down there. It's like everywhere, anywhere. And it's so easy. Like, it's so easy. It's so easy. It's insane. (laughs) And like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited with that because we want, it's not about selling things. It's about people eating food. Yes. You know, like that's, and that like, that fires me up. That fires me up. I'm like, or like, this is my mother coming out of me. Like, you know, like, and ever more than ever, we need some sort of sustainability of life and, you know, ourselves and this kind of stuff does it. So that's exciting. Let me know if you want some more. Cause I can go on all <laughs> talking about that. No, yes, seriously. So how did you, so yeah, your dad was a farmer and you, mm-hmm. you were just like noticed, like what made you want to, we've business? always ate we've always ate salads off of these kits. Okay. And, um, my dad used to be a business owner back in the early two thousands. And then of course, and, and he, it was, it was different from farming. Um, it was in the dental industry and then he went into the farming thing, but I just knew what I want. And what I want is to be able to be a stay at home mom while still doing something because I'm so highly functioning that being a stay at home mom and relaxing whenever I have the time just does it for me. I would rather like, I'm always trying to achieve something, um, which, you know, probably comes to the whole inner self worth of always having to be working towards something you're not worthy of it, but we'll forget about that for now. Um, (laughs) summary of my, (laughs) we'll kickstand that one and keep on working hard. Um, (laughs) But, but really it's, it's just a matter of like, you know, I, I really want people to be able to know their options of growth, you know, cause it's like in so many places you cannot just dig a hole and plant a plant and grow. I mean, you can't, yeah. but with hydroponics you can. So yeah, yeah. it's exciting. So really cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. I had no idea that was you. I'm like, so impressed that's so really cool oh that's fun <laughs> yeah yeah that's me that's like, cool why, why did you, you didn't know what? that it was me that makes me feel like somebody without feeling uh, like somebody does that make sense yes it does make sense yeah. we're gonna be doing we're gonna be going to some doing some farmers markets and stuff like that i've been thinking about doing the thrift on um 46 pop-ups and just kind of getting my feelers out for where we can go for networking but it's oh my gosh it's so much like people, people see like their friends or other people like popping up with the business. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, they've got this logo and they've got this stuff and they've got all these things. Oh my gosh. Look how, oh, that must've been so easy. It was just overnight. Cause look, here they are overnight. And it's like, no, nope. <laughs> so many drafts, so yes. many nights crying, so many oh like, spreadsheets and yes, the spreadsheets. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like right now, our biggest thing has been like a website and it sounds silly, but 
you know, cause, and it, it only sounds silly because there's so many websites that you can make through like Shopify and like Wix and stuff like that, that we're trying to create like an actual WooCommerce website that has like a lot of different things. So that way we can launch our projects that way. And we can have forms for people that have questions and, you know, we have, you know, projects and flip books and all sorts of stuff because it's, it's not just selling products. And we want to educate people. Like that's the whole thing is like, we do not want anybody to fail. Like we want them to call us and be like, what was I supposed to do again? And be like, we will tell you like, Oh, you killed your seeds. We will send you more. Try again, please. And then try some more, you know, because it's not that hard and you can get it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, also like, you're not like it's, you're selling the kit, right. But then mm-hmm. you want people to come back. So like if yeah. they break something or they need something else and they're going back to your website and all those little things have yeah. to be put on there. They don't just mm-hmm. like exist. In the exactly. Internet, like there are all these little things that you have to do mm-hmm. when you're running a business. Yeah. Yep. And then like with, with plants, it's like, ah, I need product photos. And it's like, well, God, I wait four weeks for these lettuce heads to grow before I can <laughs> share a photo of my product, you know, cause it goes from seed to beautiful green and showing a picture of the seed is not going to show you that you're going to be growing beautiful vegetables, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I have nine buckets sitting around the house right now, like around the outside of my house, just chilling. Yeah. And I just keep taking little videos, like zooming in, like, and that's just <laughs> going to be my, like, I can't, no, we're winging it out here. Like nobody tells you how to be a small business owner in the 21st century. Cause yeah. it's different. It's so different than how they used to do business. Like I used to work for um, a small company in Sanford as a executive um, assistant to the CEO. And I, I brought so much to them just by saying, Hey, we should put this on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, we shouldn't be cold calling. Like people don't do that anymore. You know, like those sort of things. And it brought great success. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's not how I, I'm, I'm shocked. We don't do business like that, you know? And now here everybody is doing business like that. Yeah. So the model doesn't work anymore. Exactly. But it's also like, we're, we're writing it as we go along. Cause like Mm -hmm. what worked for one business might not necessarily exactly work for another business. So it's all trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, don't copy this person because that's Mm -hmm. not, you don't. And like, I have a product that does not compare anything except for like the lettuce grow, which is like an $800 tower that has like pumps that has pumps and that has, you have to plug it in and you know, all of these things, but it's like, but like (laughs) mine is my kids, 35 bucks and you, you know, you just need a bucket. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so fun. Yeah, it's just so easy. So it's kind of a no-brainer. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, you know, praying for the best. Follow, follow wet foots on Instagram. Yeah. Everybody. Shout out. Shout out to hydroponics. Who will hopefully help me not kill my plants. Hydroponics are easy. 
Awesome. Um, so one of the things, so we celebrated my daughter's first birthday on the 30th. So almost two weeks ago and I spent the whole day. Normally I spend this day from my mother's birthday. Normally I am doing my own thing. I'll go shopping because that was her favorite thing to do was retail therapy. And I'll go and I'll visit her gravesite at St. Peter's. Um, and I'll, eat half of a chocolate bar and then leave the other half of the chocolate bar there and bring flowers, but I'll bring flowers and then bring them home to keep them alive because she would be so annoyed that there's just flowers laying there dying. (laughs) So I bring them home and I can look at them. And while they're alive, I just think about her every single time I look at them because that's why I got them. So these last couple of years have been different. Because last year I was um, in labor, naturally. So um, I was in natural labor. So there was no time for chocolate and flowers. Um, And so that was that. And so obviously my focus was there. And then this year, I just, you know, we just focused. I just hung out with my baby and focused on the fact that it was her first birthday. And then at the end of the night, oh, that's what I did. I listened to your podcast on that day mm. with, I think her name is her name, Lindsay. Mm, I haven't um, she yet. lost, she lost her mother when she was Maggie. about Mag- Maggie. Okay. So you released that podcast on my mom's birthday mm. and I listened to it and, um, that's what I did. That's how I celebrated her. And that entire podcast, I was answering my own questions that you were asking Maggie. I was relating to Maggie and thinking about my mom and what special moments has she done. And then like, you know, when she brought up the whole coin thing with the bird, I was like, (laughs) and, um, and as soon as she said, there is no resources for people yep. our age going through this stuff, you know, very little resources. I'm just like, Oh, I have to share. Yeah. I have to get, I have to do this because I feel connected and someone else needs to feel connected because that's going to lead someone else to feel connected. And then everybody's going to start getting connected. And it is so strong. It brings so much strength. And understanding and appreciation to yourself and understanding to yourself and acceptance. And it's just, ah, so great. So great stuff. Like you're doing such great things, Tiffany. It's really, it's really amazing for you to give people an outlet to, um, to share and, you know, to just be open with what they're going through, um, or have gone through, um, so that's what I did to celebrate my mom's birthday this year. And then I laid in I'm bed like, at the end I'm, of the night. I'm like yeah. tearing up because like how serendipitous, like, <laughs> like that we would release that episode. Cause like I have a few like in the bank, you know, like mm-hmm. I try to pre-record because I have depression. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I like, I try to have things set up ahead of time so that I, if I wake up one day and I, can't stand life I don't Mm -hmm. have to work on this right um and that's just like it could have been any other episode yeah and it wasn't it was madness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So and same age, we're the same age, you know. She, you know, even though her her timeline is, you know, a little shorter than mine, she's in the first year, like it's still connecting. I mean, a young person losing their mother and just like her, my mom doesn't get to meet her grandchildren. I have to get married without her. You know, I, I did get married without her. There's so many times where I'm just like, oh my God, if I could just have my mom right now. Like, like they say, you know, every boy needs his father. Well, every woman needs her mother. And it's like, oh God, like I'll see, I'll see a mother and daughter out at the store, like just shopping and having a day out together laughing or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> and at the same time, I'm like, I'm so yeah. appreciate time with your mother. I don't yeah. get that. You know, my, I have to show my kids grant. I have to show my kids pictures and try to release, you know, all that I can into their brain and they'll never understand my mom's love. You know, my husband doesn't understand what it's like to have a mother-in-law. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like all of these relationships and it's like, I don't, I know that all of these things had to happen because that's just part of the story for myself and my family. It's just uh, my, uh, my sister didn't go on the, she was supposed to go on the world race and then didn't was called, you know, by, by the Lord in prayer to stay. Thank God she stayed. Cause then my mom passed away. And if she would have been in Africa or wherever during that time, when we got the news, like, who knows, but she was here. And then, and then she was once again invited to go on the world race afterwards. And I think that was the best thing that could have ever happened for her and her healing. And, um, and you got to have her. Right. That little thing. Yeah. The yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And my, my sister and I are very different in a lot of ways. We've, we have dealt with grief complete, uh, just about completely differently. Um, now that we're adults and moms and wives and we can relate to each other in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, that relationship is growing in those ways and that's, it's amazing. Um, but everything has to ha had to have happened the way that it did. And it, it's not something that, you know, and I, and I encourage anybody that, is going through grief or, or in times of feeling like, Oh, this is just awful. Like, why did this have to happen? Why, why, you know, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. This wasn't the plan. And it's like, once you trust that God or whoever you think is your higher power, once you trust that they are in charge of your plan and you actually give up that control, it can bring so much peace and understanding to your situation. Um, and that's just what I try to do in, in everything, you know, um, any sort of traumas in my life, I try to find a adjustable reason. And, and sometimes there's no reason. And that's, that's when like more than ever, you have to rely on the fact that like you're trusting that it's out of your control. And it's just supposed to happen. Yeah. It's all random. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is he does not believe in any higher power. It's all random. 
Hmm. But he, he also like, it's so, um, it teaches me a lot because he kind of has this confidence about him. Like when he, just in life, he just trusts that he can count on himself, that he can count on the people around him. And if he can't, then like, you know, it's back on him. And, um, yeah, there's just like a different, so like, even if you don't necessarily believe in a higher power, like, mm-hmm. like it's all random and like, it's all random for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not just you going through mm-hmm. these tragic things or like maybe, maybe you, you've pretty much escaped the world unscathed. Like you still have trauma. You still have to deal with people every day. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I, I definitely, even if I don't see things as happening for a reason, I do trust that I will be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. Like I will survive this. I have survived every terrible thing that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. I will survive the next one. Absolutely. And that's, I feel like that's that trust. Yeah. You know, that's that trust that these things are going to happen, but it's not forever. Yeah. You know, most things are temporary. Yeah. And I never, I've never seen it as trust. Like that word is so Mm -hmm. on point. You get to trust. Mm -hmm. It's just going to, you will be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you will survive this, this next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to ask you how you arrived at your special day with mom slash you mentioned a couple times that you're highly emotional. I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have coffee mm-hmm. that I used to drink at the house mm-hmm. and I will make it on her birthday and her death dates. Mm-hmm. Just kind of think about her as I'm having that coffee because mm-hmm. I don't, it's like a, it's like white Christmas from Barney's. So okay. like, like churches will like have it and stuff. Like when they have like the celebrations or whatever, but, um, she would make it for me because she had another favorite that I didn't like. And it was just like her thing. Like he didn't make you sweetheart. He made you white Christmas. Go thank Roger. Go get yourself a cup. I'll be out in a minute. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to like, why the chocolate bar? <laughs> like <Not> chocolate. <laughs> Oh, she loved chocolate. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. The, you know, most skinniest woman, little lanky thing. And she's eating a chocolate bar and it's like, you need to eat some food. She's like, no, chocolate. Like, this is fine. <laughs> this yeah. is life. Like, chocolate is life. And um, just like any kind of good food, like, a, but chocolate, like just, I think Hershey's bar and I think about her, like, <laughs> that's it just like or or for um Ferrero Rocher's yep those absolutely that we always got those on holidays you know whether it was um Valentine's Day or like St. Patrick's Day should make a little thing or like Easter always always Ferrero Rocher's but um I don't know just the Hershey's bar is just something where it was like always like checkout line grabbing a Hershey's bar you know, like dollar store grabbing Hershey's bar, you know, like didn't matter. Just Hershey's <laughs> and Coca-Cola. So 
Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to finish with the question I like to ask. Okay. This was something that has been joy lately. Ooh. Um, my children. Um, my, um, so my son is seven. My daughter is one. She just turned one. And so my son is in baseball and the fall ball season just started. And, um, he has some amazing work, work ethic and, um, he's a really great first baseman. So I enjoy watching him play, but in the recent, in the first few games, his batting, he's just hasn't been able to hit the ball and he's a little thing compared to other kids. Like he's just a little guy, um, but he's quick and he's strong and, um, so we started to really practice his batting like really hardcore, like 30 minutes after school every day, batting cages, you know, like mm. we're on a winning team. We're a winning kind of family. Okay. Yes. And we, you know, we work out, we love the active life. We mm. love to stay active. So my son, of course, by default does too. So he has just been practicing and practicing in these last couple games. He has just hit that ball so good. And he just comes out of his games and he's just like, <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to keep practicing. So I'm going to get even better. And I'm like, do it. Like you were just a, our little all-star. Like it is, it's so great. And, um, so you proud. know, yeah, I'm, we're <laughs> such proud parents and he just, he has this sense of like, of this confidence about him. If I can do things and I can lead and I can help. And, um, and he's just a great kid. Um, so it's just been a really nice season that we've been in. Like he just turned seven at the beginning of September. So like this year just really hit me hard that he's this kid you know, he's not my baby anymore. He's not a toddler. Mm -hmm. He is a full kid. And, um, all boy. And it's just been so, it's been so fun. You know, like I'm thinking about like, what's the next thing like him and I can go do together. And it's like, Oh, he's finally old enough to do devil's den, you know, in, in Gainesville and go snorkeling. So like, that's my next thing I want to plan with him. It's just been so nice to be mom. And like, I'm so grateful that I get to be home full time with the kids and my daughter, she's starting to take steps and walk and her personality is just coming out all over the place. So yeah, so that's been, that's been what's bringing me joy. Mm -hmm. So I love that. you get to be there to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. obsessed with all my friends who have kids. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, your baby is, is so adorable. Like Amber um, mm -hmm. Ratliff, she mm -hmm. has a two-year-old and he is my nephew. And mm -hmm. I'm constantly like, show me your baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Send me the pictures of your baby. Yeah. Like, show me what he's doing, what he's learning. Right. He's potty training. And I'm like, is he potty trained? How's it going? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like just obsessed yeah. from where that's yeah that's me too like I've always it's interesting because like ever since I was a kid um I said that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom like I just I just want to be mom and um so one of my friends came over last night and uh, my baby's awake I don't know if you can hear her but she's awake <laughs> but um so my girlfriend came over last night and I was telling her I was like I did it. I'm a suburban 
let's get wins. And, um, you know, it's just, it's nice to, to achieve your goals because like, statistically speaking, you know, getting pregnant at 17, getting married at 18, um, my husband and I should not be here. Statistically speaking, we should have been divorced whenever we were supposed, you know, whenever we were going through our stuff, like it, but we were here and we look back at our journey and we're like, Holy cow. Like we're, we're meant to be right here, you know? Um, yeah. So that's the joy in my life right now. Yeah. I used to say you are not born to be a tragedy. I like that. I like that. And like, I've especially whenever my mom died, you know, everybody was freaking out that I'm just going to go off the deep end and, you know, become, you know, an addict myself. And, um, you know, of course I went through a bunch of other crap, um, that scared everybody for that reason, but I turned out. Okay. Yeah. You did. We're, we're down. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, so that's yeah, right. What a beautiful life you've created. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And sometimes it's like you look back and you're like, whoa, like, we did all that. Like, we, you really went through that. But the, it just goes through the fact of you're going to survive. Yeah. And, and if you can make your story out to be, like, your strength, then you can probably thrive even, too. Not just survive, but thrive. Yes. That's beautiful. We all uh, like driving people. If, if you're listening, you need to rewind that. <laughs> listen to it again. Make it a mantra for yourself. Like it. <laughs> well, thank you. Awesome. Like well, thank you, you Tiffany. Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. Thanks for being here. And giving this outlet to everybody, too. So. I can't wait. I can't wait. To awesome. Listen to it. All right, have a good rest of your day. All right, thank you. You too. Have a great day. Thanks. I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Hannah. I hope that you learn from her that at any point in your life, you can just kind of take a look at your life. And if you're proud of it, I hope that you get a chance to just sit there and be proud of the beautiful life you've created. And if you're struggling, I hope that you'll learn from her in that she was willing to fight for the things that she wanted and she was not willing to abandon herself for it. So yeah, I hope that you just get a chance today to to be proud of yourself or to fight for yourself or both. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I, I hope that as you're grieving, you give yourself the grace to just take the time that you need, however long it takes. It's never going to be linear. It's not going to be a quick process. Grieving will always be a part of you and your life moving forward. And I think Hannah is such a beautiful story of that and how you can grow along with your grief. Um, So thank you, Hannah, for, for sharing with us and just being a part of this community. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. And if you're not, I hope that you have the grace for yourself to move forward, to give yourself what you need, to give yourself the space and the time that you need. Yeah. (laughs) Take care, y'all.
Original music by Kyle Porter and editing by Emmanuel Zarate. Take care, y'all.